Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a chance, head down in the show notes and check out all our links to everything, super fun things, and YouTube and Instagram. And if you could, please uh, be so generous to leave us a review on iTunes. Ariel, every five minutes, a family has a child who gives up the nap. (laughs) Think of those children, but more importantly, think of those parents. Yes, it's a rough, it's a rough time. We, we... We, our child lost her nap about a year and a half ago, pretty much right at the beginning of this podcast when we started. Yeah, she was almost five though. So I really felt like, you know, that was, that was pretty good. That was pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. I feel like the younger one, she's two, she's two, not quite two and a half. I feel like she's going to give it up before she's three. She's just not going to. Yeah. You you know how it's like, there's race cars that run on gasoline and then there's like dragsters that run on nitro. (laughs) My nitro baby. She she ain't she ain't gonna hold on to the nap for no, very much. No, I don't think she is either. She's not gonna do it anymore. Today we wanted to talk a lot about this idea that I think we've talked about in the past with um a couple of our guests, and we've mentioned a few times in passing, I think, in a few of our earlier podcasts. But it's this idea that we wanted to focus on is the quiet time. Right. When your babies aren't napping anymore, you know, we're very busy as homeschoolers. We are way over scheduled. We're doing lots of things and um, it's something that we don't usually make time for to, yeah. to plan in quiet time. And so, you know, this episode is uh, our argument for considering adding quiet time into your regular routine, why it's important, and, you know, some of our ideas for you know, how you can start implementing it. So the first thing that we want to do is maybe like properly define what we mean by quiet time. So is this the Jared Leto, you know, the yoga retreat, silent yoga retreat? <laughs> is this the Matthew Booza goes and stays at a tiny house on a on the side of a lake for three <laughs> days and doesn't speak? Is this what we're talking about quiet time? So, I mean, we can all have our own definitions. Um, maybe, but Maybe I'm, I'm requesting a dadcation. <laughs> can I put that into my, my Hey, manager? we already have one planned for, for uh, this uh, this fall. Yeah, that's what we do. So, Quiet time, it's a, it's a short period, you know, preferably each day that you and your children do independent activities quietly. That's, you know, kind of in a nutshell what we're looking yeah. at. So yeah. um, this isn't a time to do any kind of group play typically. Or active play, like they're running around or doing anything. Right. Else. This isn't time for active play. It's not time for group play. It's not time for screens. Yes. Um, for toddlers, this could be that you're together in the same room with them. Maybe like you're reading quietly while they're playing on the floor quietly. Exactly. Or encouraged to play quietly. Uh, you know, we, we have a toddler, so we know how that goes. Um, you know, quiet time can be anywhere from 45 minutes to two hours, depending on the age and the personality of your kiddos. Well, and also like, some you know, kids need more quiet time. Yeah. And also how, how does your, you know, what are you trying to accomplish within your family? How can your family absorb certain things? Sometimes you may not be able to do two hours or it might only exactly. be a half hour, may only be 45 minutes. 
you know, some, some families just may not be able to handle that length of time. So it is dependent on, you know, what you and your family can handle, you know, what your learner can, you know, focus on and do. Right, right. You know, some kids really benefit from having, uh, you know, a, a full like two hours to for themselves. It's it's great for mindfulness. And, in in you some respects, it's almost a replacement of the nap time. Like yes, that, yeah. it's it's a relaxing time. All the you know, and other kids just you know, our our, our daughter is more in the forty five to an hour stage. Our our six year old, you know, after any time after that, she she starts to get really bored. Starts looking for for things, but you know that forty five minutes to an hour, she really. Um, that, that's like our sweet spot. So you have to find your own sweet spot with your kids of, of how long is appropriate for them to feel recharged and not for it to be something to be something that they look forward to and not mm-hmm. something, oh, I don't want to do quiet time. You know? Yeah, I know, yeah. Now that we've got t- quiet time kind of defined, you know, what, you know, what makes it so important? Why is it so important, you know, for the child to do this type of thing? So quiet time is really important because it, more than anything, it provides opportunities. So it provides an opportunity for our kids to rest if they want to take a nap. You know, there are days still when our six-year-old, she really needs a nap. Um, There are days, I'm sure, when older kids too, maybe they've had a couple of days where things were at an 11, you know, uh, and you, you were out and very busy and maybe you had family visiting or, you know, birthday parties to go to or whatever on the weekend. And it's like, now you're getting back into your routine. They might need that extra nap. So or they're getting over a cold or something. Right. Nature, yeah. If you tell them to go upstairs and take a nap, I mean, good luck to you, right? Our, our six-year-old's <laughs> going to be like, I don't need to take a nap. But instead... <laughs> We say, well, it's part of your quiet time and give your give yourself the opportunity to listen to your body and rest if your body needs to rest. And that's a, just a, a much more amenable way that we can put it to our daughter for her to, you know, not close herself off to the idea. Because the moment that we say we can we can see she's like literally drooping. And, you know, like an unwatered flower <laughs> and, um, we can see she needs a nap, but if I told her that she needed to go take a nap, that's yeah. the last thing she would ever do. So, um, provides that opportunity for rest. How about a recharge? Like for introverted kids, maybe they've had a really Absolutely. busy day at the co-op or, you know, out with their friends. It's been really stimulating, a lot of play, a lot of interaction, a lot of, you know, maybe even had a very stimulating day. If you took them to the museum or the park or something of that nature. Right, right. This is a great opportunity that your that your kids might not otherwise have to recharge their batteries. Even if your child's not introverted, but you like you said they had a big day. Sometimes what what we see happen, you know, especially like uh when our daughter goes to stay with my parents, for example, every day is really stimulating for her and she comes home and she like has the worst behavior. Yeah. She won't listen, she's fighting with her sister, she's just you can tell that she's not in balance. Mm-hmm. So um, qu- those are days when we like lean into like two hours of quiet time because we really need it. Um, but this is that opportunity to recharge for them to have a little bit of mindfulness time um, and kind of reset. So yeah. uh, that's that's the other really great thing about quiet time. Um, it also gives them some unstructured time where our kids can explore some new things that might interest them that they might not otherwise have time for. Sometimes, you know, we talk about this where you feel yeah. almost like you're the cruise director for the day because the kids are like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Yeah. And 
as much as we do try to plan in time during the day for them to have unstructured play, that is still time when they're together. And so like for our daughter, she, there's a lot of things she's interested in that we cannot do with a two-year-old that, you know, she wants to set up a marble run or, you know, she wants to play with Lego or do a craft or do something that's just, I mean, you know, color with markers, whatever, that's totally the two-year-old's going to be all over that. And so this is a time where she can do the things that interest her. She can explore. There's no pressure. She's by herself. If she wants to practice reading, she can do that. I mean, this is time where she can really feel that freedom to exercise what might interest her to try new things to, it's to a fa- very low fail, pressure yeah, to fail at something I've, I've you know i've seen sometimes right. seen artwork being able to be done in that time frame that maybe she can try multiple times yeah she can take chances yeah. nobody is watching you know so especially you know if you have a kid who could sometimes get like uh, we sometimes we have performance kind of anxiety happen in our daughter and so we will ask her as part of quiet time to do some reading and we don't di- always dictate what she reads but just read to yourself practice some reading because we know it's a time when she can do that um and she can uh, you know she can not not be under pressure now we don't try to we don't tell her to do very much because we want most of her quiet time to be un- unstructured and free. But sometimes we do leverage a little bit of that for, you know, practice and things that that might otherwise, you know, she might otherwise feel pressure about. You know, the other thing, too, that I've noticed with the unstructured time for quiet time is also the idea of being bored. You know, I've, I've so actually valuable. Run, I've, run, I've run into this a lot in the last few weeks with both kids, actually. Having the ability to come up with their own play without me being there. I think they've been leaning on me a lot lately mm-hmm. to be that source of, okay, what are we doing next? Like kind of what you said with the cruise director. I have noticed that that is a, a big thing. And I've noticed in the, in the quiet time, having her be able to go out and have to fill that void herself has been helpful. Getting her to figure out what she wants to do, having, giving her the right to be bored. And sometimes she wants me to tell her what to do. And she gets a little frustrated that I say, no, I'm not going to tell you. Right. You know, this is being bored is the time when our kids uh, are at their most creative. You know, they have time to plan, to create, they can make decisions about their time. It's, it's really, it's really valuable to make sure that they have this time to, you know, to be bored, to be unstructured, to, to make their own decisions about how they're going to spend their time. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's kind of funny. It's like you're watching a ball try to find a rut to get into and get excited about. And sometimes they, they hop and they bounce around. Right. She but may all, try several different yeah. activities before she comes up with the one that she wants to do. Yeah. But then all of a sudden she'll get into it and then she'll be locked in. And right. then she, you can't pull her out of it. And that those are the type of things that I, I want to cultivate during this quiet time. You know, we'll go into what those different things are, but you know, the, Having her be able to find that on her own, I think, is a nice skill for her to learn. Right. And as you say, you know, getting into this deep dive is kind of the last thing we wanted to talk about when it comes to real benefits of quiet time it is allowing kids to do the deep dive and not get pulled out of it mm-hmm. uh, because of younger siblings running around or, oh, we got to leave for gymnastics or whatever. They can actually have the time to to really get into something without any interruptions, really get into the zone. It's not also a benefit, you know, it's not just a benefit for the younger student, 
but it is also potentially a benefit for us as parents, us as educators. Oh, yeah. The household. It gives the house time to breathe. It gives I, us time to breathe. Yeah, and I know a lot of the times when we're doing quiet time, it is during, we try to time that with the nap of our younger one. It does allow the house to get quiet. allows me to like go get a workout in. Like that's one thing right. that I like to do. allows me to do the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> it allows me sometimes to just breathe, read a chapter of read my book, book yeah. and and recharge my own batteries. It it's there are days as much as we love homeschooling our children, there are days when it is absolutely draining. Today is a great example. Our younger daughter is sick. She's just got a regular cold, but she's coughing a lot and she's crying and our older daughter is going through this big whiny phase. She <laughs> cried on my shoulder earlier because I wouldn't order English muffins online. We, I I've never ordered English muffins online. Just want to set the record straight. But um, maybe she got a hold of the Wolfermans catalog. That's exactly what we were looking at the Wolfermans catalog. But your mom always gets us English muffins from Wolfermans every year. Anyway, they're always delicious. But she's like, we need to order them for everybody. And I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to actually go and buy gifts or whatever. She was so upset well, about it. It's also the bunny one, too. Right. She was, she cried on my shoulder while I was working. I'm working remotely from home. <laughs> she sobbed on my shoulder. My entire shoulder was soaking wet because I wouldn't buy our bunny like two days ago. Um, and so, it, you know, there are days when I, we just are ourselves need quiet time to happen so that we as parents can just get a moment's freaking peace to just sit and just be in silence. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I saw that look on your face today when you came back from parent partnership where you were just like, <laughs> I might murder some children, <laughs> you know, as much as, you know, we love our kids. <laughs> I could see this look and I was like, daddy's going to go have some quiet time right now. Mommy's going to feed you lunch because I could just tell that you were, you were done. The baby had been crying. She'd well, she, been, she up early and then the, the older one came in. The older morning. one came in because she, she had a nightmare. Right. At 5 a.m. She comes in and because she has a nightmare about dinosaurs having a war in our house. And then the baby. And then I had to go to parent partnership. And I was like assistant kindergarten principal to your assistant kindergarten volunteer person, and it it was it was just like over overkill. Then I went to the store, and that was actually pretty peaceful. But yeah, yeah, there's points where we hit our limit. So (laughs) quiet time is not just about them; it's about us to have a cup of coffee, plan what you're going to do for the afternoon, read a book, take a small nap, do some housework. It's this is time for us. We can think, we can plan, we can rest, we can also really. Sometimes I find that, you know, it's not till late at night when you're sitting and recounting your homeschool day that you've actually had a chance to stop and take stock of what happened during the lessons, right? So this also gives you an opportunity for some, you know, mindfulness about how did lessons go this morning? How are my kids doing? What do they need from me this afternoon after quiet time? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do we need to change the the plan that I had for for the rest of the day? It's It's just a good you know, partway break through the day to think about that. Well, yeah, a lot of times, you know, something that I'm always doing is I'm thinking about you know, how do I, am I going to approach the rest of the afternoon? How am I going to approach the evening? I have, do I have to get dinner? Do I have to go to gymnastics with, with the older one? Um, when are you getting off of your, you know, out, right. out of your off, you know, coming out of the office and things of that nature? What am I going to do with the older one? What's the weather look like? Do I need to go to the park? 
I'm always thinking about those things, and this gives me a little bit of time to do that. Right. It gives us some some space to, to breathe and think. Uh, so you know, we've talked about quiet time as being in the afternoon. Obviously, for us, this works out really nicely because this is when our child, our younger child naps. But just to clarify, quiet time can be whenever it works best for your family. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't <laughs> probably do it like first thing in the morning, right when they wake <laughs> up, you know, because you're not you, – some of these – some of these opportunities for rest and recharge and relaxation, you know, can't really happen if you do it first thing in the morning because you haven't had a chance to like get into it yet. Um, but I, I know some families that do a quiet time just before lunch or just after lunch or, um, you know, so you, or you could do it at, at four o'clock every day. You could make quiet time the time when you prepare dinner every night. Right. Maybe that's the time when you want your kids to be doing their own thing so that you have a chance to get a meal, a meal prepared. Right. So make this time whatever is right for you and right for your kids. And you might have to do some trial and error with playing around with yeah. when and how long uh, you use quiet time. Absolutely. So, you know, they're sitting there. They're like, OK, Ariel, Matt, we get it. You like quiet time. You love it. I want it. How can I do it? How can I put this in my homeschool? How how do I start? So it's really tough. Um, you know, if you're if your child's napping and then they they drop a nap, it's easy to continue the quiet time. So that's the easiest way to go. Yes. <laughs> Don't miss that opportunity. Um, but if if you if you if you haven't done that and your child already dropped their nap, or if you've gotten out of the habit of quiet time, occasionally yeah. we get out of the habit ourselves of quiet time and we always regret it. And then we have to follow these steps to get back into it um, because our kids are resistant at first. And our older daughter is resistant of going back and doing quiet time. I don't need quiet time. And so we have to start this uh, again whenever we let it lapse. Your, your answer tells me that is not true. I mean, sometimes between like visiting my parents and yeah. being busy with other stuff and school and didn't get enough of our homeschool done there there could be a week where we don't do quiet time and boy do we regret it so if you're just starting this or just getting back into it we recommend that you just start small so take 15 to 20 minutes for um, a slightly older child or maybe 10 minutes if you have a toddler just something that's really achievable this is kind of a this would be a slow process where you're going to start there and then every day kind of Work it up until a little bit longer until you find the right amount of time. But, you know, start small. Yep. Um, so add it to your visual calendar as well. So yeah. if you've got like a, a calendar for the day up on the wall, you got a whiteboard or a family calendar or something, make sure your kids know it's there. The, the worst thing to do is have your kids be playing or something after lunch and then for you to announce <laughs> everyone has to stop their games. It's time for quiet time because everybody <laughs> hates that, right? Having it on the schedule of saying, hey, you can play for 30 minutes and then at the end of that, you see what's on next. It's quiet time. Gets everybody ready for what's going to be coming and you'll have less pushback I, if they know it's there. I've noticed I've noticed it works really well for us to do it on a transition point. So quiet time for us is always at the end of our kind of mid-afternoon homeschooling run. Like right when I put the little one down, I do about a half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour of homeschool. When that is done, it's like 2 o'clock, 2.15. It's a perfect time for my my older one to go and do her quiet time, whatever that might be. And it's, you know, that's typically the time I go out and maybe get my workout in or I go and do some reading or do a little bit of writing. It's a great transition time because like what you said, she's not playing. She's not doing something exciting. It's it's not something that like she's having a play date with a friend or something like that. And I had to cut that short. It's something that we finish something. 
and it's naturally leading into the next thing and that next thing is quiet time and i always like to set the expectations kind of what you said put it on the calendar if you don't have a calendar i just like to like lay out what's coming up hey we're going to do these few things and then it's going to be quiet time and i'll let you do what you want during quiet time but it's going to be quiet time so she knows when we're done with homeschool it's quiet time and a lot of times she'll say you know she'll have her preferred thing that she likes to do and she'll get excited about quiet time so like i, I like what you said like always make it on a transition that is reasonable that is logical don't take them out of out of the mid you know mid cycle of something that's exciting right. or, or they don't they don't like that abrupt exactly. change directions you're gonna have a lot of pushback yeah, like shut down the screens it's time for quiet time right. like, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so definitely um for really young kids think about getting like a toddler clock or a timer so that they can really see that there's still time remaining the yeah. worst thing that you can do we we definitely got into this when our daughter first dropped her naps was we would say okay go upstairs do quiet time and then she would come out of her room like 20 minutes later, is my time up? Is my time up? She kept, you know, coming at us like, no, no, you're ruining the whole thing. Like, you know, if mommy wanted to try to catch a 30 minute cat nap, it's, it's being ruined. Um, so, so what we ended up doing is getting a, a toddler clock and we could basically say that while it's, you know, this one was, while it was yellow, that was your, your time. You had to be in quiet time. And when, the, when it goes off, you can come out or if mommy comes get you, but that, that keeps them in their room or, you know, wherever they're doing their quiet time and knowing that they're still under quiet time rules. It works great for kids that are too young to use a clock. <laughs> so you can really tell them like how long you expect um, for toddlers. It's very visual to have color. So think about getting that or, it, you know, if you have an older kid, you know, get, you can even use a timer. That's fine too. Something that just makes sure that they don't jump out of quiet time too early and start kind of doing the, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we done yet? Is it done yet? Kind of thing. Cause that'll drive you crazy. Um, and it ruins the relaxation point of this well then also when the kid is coming out of quiet time show interest in what they did right absolutely how did you spend your time and then they can share their experience with you um and so that helps them to know that you really care you weren't just schluffing them off so you could take a nap or you yes. could read or have a few minutes peace and have a cup wait of coffee minute. wait a minute that's how i thought what we were doing that's the whole point <laughs> of this thing right well yeah we don't want to send this message to our kids that we are sending them away because we don't want to be with them right? Quiet time has a purpose. It has a purpose for everyone, not just for them, but for you. And I think that's okay to, I'm, I think it's fine to admit, certainly yeah. it's important, not fine. It's important to tell our kids that we need quiet time too, that, you know, as a person, I need, I need this time of quiet and rest. And, and you, you, you know, a, that's you, fine, but, yeah. but, but take interest that they, they know that you're not just like, go away. You know, I heard it described once sort of in this way is that, you're teaching your child that you as a parent are, you know, a free, independent person, just like they are. And you as a free and independent person, not only deserve, but demand to have some time to yourself. And that should not be when they finally get put down to sleep at night. It can be during the day. And and, And that it's a courtesy that they need to learn that not everybody is at their beck and call. And these are those moments, I think, what you what you're saying here is that you know I, i'm interested in what you're doing but also i demand this time not only for you but also for myself that right you know i i need my as a own person time. i have needs i have needs as well and right. i need my needs met. And, and they're valid yeah exactly um yeah but but i do care about what you did and i'm interested and excited about what you did so we you know we'll sit with our daughter and she'll go oh well 
I just built this new thing in Legos and I did this and she'll spend yeah, five exactly. minutes telling us all about the Lego palace that she's built during her quiet time. And she's totally excited about that. And I think that that just reinforces that this is a good time. Mm -hmm. This isn't a parental separation negative <laughs> thing, yeah. right? This is a positive experience where she's getting to um, explore and discover new things. And we're excited and interested about that. So definitely be be interested and ask those questions. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not, there will be blood. I've abandoned my child. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we want to be interested, of course. Well, of course, I mean, of course we're interested. Yeah. It, just, it just helps reinforce that quiet time is is a good thing and isn't about mommy needing a minute <laughs> but sometimes it's about so, mommy so needing a minute but i you know i i want to send a positive message well you know and i found that you know the more the more you communicate with them you know sometimes i tell i'll tell her hey you know daddy's a little tired today can you work with me or daddy just you know doesn't feel you know revved up today can you you know work with me give me a little bit of time She's actually very responsive to that. She, Absolutely, she, I think we got to be understands. honest with our yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. I think she, you know, she's a very empathetic kid. So she, if if you tell her, hey, you know, I'm not feeling great about this thing, can you help me by giving yourself a little bit of time, quiet, so that I can do my own recharge? She was, she's cool with that. She's like, yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the same way, Dad. That like, really that, are you? Are yeah. you? <laughs> this would be when you need extra quiet time. Yeah, there exactly. are days when we need. We need extra time. Sometimes we'll like, I, I need 15 minutes and it's in the morning. And she's like, it's not quiet time yet. And we're like, yeah, but I need 15 minutes of quiet time right now. So <laughs> I just, I just need it. And it's important to have our own needs. Exactly. So um, next tip for small children, consider busy boxes or bins so that they still have a choice in what to do, but you know, you're helping them get started. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that can be really hard for young kids is like, you know, to say, okay, it's not like I can just leave a three-year-old in her room and say, okay, play for 30 minutes and be quiet. You know, she's like, I don't know what to do, right? So anyways, this is where it's really good to have a bin or a box. Um, it's a great way to rotate your toys through too. If you have a lot of toys, let's, we all have toys everywhere. I feel like I have toys coming out of my ears. Um, it's a great way to rotate those in and keep things fresh. So mm -hmm. it's exciting for them. Um, you might, you know, sit down in the room with your uh, younger child, give them one of these busy bins to do, and then you have time to read um, and recharge yourself. Uh, so, you know, kind of think about that, though, setting your younger kids up for success. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the older ones, it's a little easier. They, they go and find things to do. But for our younger kids, it's a little bit tough. So help them out. Next one is introducing books and audiobooks. Mm -hmm. That has been a big thing for us. Right. So books, audiobooks, calming music. You get that from the library. Well, you, you also made our daughter a mixtape, 80s mixtape. Yeah, but that's not one I would use during quiet time. <laughs> um, yeah, so we She's want, rocking out to Madonna and, and Cindy We want Lauper, relaxed right? things. <laughs> so um, whether it's uh, some cool books maybe that you get from the library yeah. that you don't pull out other times that you have a, maybe you have a quiet time book box or something that you pull out that they can read from or uh, our daughter loves to listen to Harry Potter on audiobook. So she will sit and do some Lego and listen to Harry Potter. And that's her way of relaxing and, and having her quiet time, which is totally fine. Um, I think that's great. So just think about, you know, what other kind of, if you, if your kids would not be overly stimulated by having music or audiobooks, that might be a great way to go. Sometimes we'll have our daughter just lay on her bed and listen to her audiobook. And sometimes she'll fall asleep because she's, we know she's tired and that's a great way to, 
you know, have her um, wind it down a little bit. So definitely do that. So, you know, for us, audiobooks is a, a big thing. You know, what are some additional ideas that, you know, people can take and maybe start with? You know, a lot of times when you're doing these type of things, you know, people will find out what works best for them, but mm-hmm. sometimes they need to be pointed in a in some direction, you know, and then maybe they yeah. find find the right path from there. So what, what are a couple of additional items? So just kind of some clarification things, some additional things. Um, you know, quiet time can be inside their bedroom. It could yeah. be outside on the hammock. It could be laying in the grass. Well, I mean, in the summer, you guys were doing that in the hammock, yeah. Right. Wherever wherever your kids are comfortable and safe, um, it doesn't have to be a go-to-your-room situation. So just to clarify, you can have quiet time with several children and everybody be in the same room. Everybody picks a different area of the room and everyone's reading or somebody's listening to an audiobook on headphones, I mean, uh, or playing or doing a puzzle. I mean, it do- this doesn't have to be time apart necessarily. Do what works right for you. For us, we the age of our kids, like especially our six-year-old, she has to be kind of engaged in something either on an audiobook yeah. or in her room uh, because otherwise she'll be asking us questions every five minutes. But yeah. um, depending on your kids, this doesn't have to be a solo thing. Um, and, you know, think about this too, if you're, you know, on holiday or vacation or another super busy time when everyone is all together and you, you're all staying in a hotel room or something, you can't all get your own time. Think about even having family quiet time yeah. to allow everyone to recharge their battery. So, you know, everyone can read together with a cup of hot chocolate or everyone does quiet art or puzzle while listening to an audiobook. You know, quiet time is more important than ever when you're that busy and, you know, and your schedule is drastically changed from your routine. So just know that, you know, quiet time doesn't have to be a solo thing. You can take it with you. Mm-hmm. We do quiet time at grandma's house. We go, uh, we your, do, yes. your parents live fairly close to us, like an hour away. And when we go there, we tend to kind of stay for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And we still do quiet time, even though we're at grandma and grandpa's, because yep. it's so important for our kids that we take it with us. And and in fact, we all do quiet time. That's time when you and your dad both read. Your mom and I like like to do a puzzle yep. and our daughter plays quietly in her room and the toddler naps. And that is quiet time and we do it every afternoon, even when we're at grandma's house. So, you know, take this on the road. Don't leave it behind at home because it is still important. Another idea is, you know, we talked about for younger kids that quiet time can replace the time that they were napping. For older kids, if you find that there isn't a good time in the afternoon, you're you're really busy all day, they've got lots of activities and things, and, you know, quiet time doesn't fit into the daytime very well, you might choose to make quiet time the time before bed. Mm-hmm. I've seen some families that have a lot of success with this, and they say, well, you know, the hour before bedtime is our family quiet time. You know, it, it helps kids to you know, naturally get tired and it's the right time for them to you know get ready for sleep mm-hmm. they can either play or read it gets everybody wound down but, and also you know it might be a good time for mom and dad maybe mom came home from work or dad came home from work and they want to just sync up together and it's a good time to do that as it's well it's a good time to do that yeah that that hour before bed it, it can God, God knows we can't talk at dinner. <laughs> right, <kids>. right. It, <laughs> it helps every, it, it can help your kids, especially if you've got uh, older kids that have, have trouble sleeping and things. Yeah. It can help your kids wind down. It's also a really great, great way to prevent uh, overstimulation before bed. So yeah. we, we tend to like to have our kids play in the time between sometimes right after dinner, we'll like watch a, like a half hour clone wars or some, you know, so sort of bluey or something, something as a family. And then we try to let them play for about 45 minutes before the baby goes down to nap. And then we read with our older daughter till her bedtime. 
But there are times when we instead have chosen to like watch a movie. And that means that they're getting this stimulation right up until bedtime. And boy, those are rough nights. So, um, you would you know, think we would learn. You would think we we you think <laughs> we would do as we say and not as, <laughs> as we do. We do no. um, but if you're a family that finds that you frequently have lots of stimulation going on before bedtime and it's causing your kids problems with going to sleep, maybe before bed quiet time is the way that your family needs to work because then you can ensure that there won't be any screens or anything overstimulating for everybody to get their chance to wind down. So just another thought on quiet time if you, you know, if that works for you. But these are our ideas. Let us know if you use quiet time in some other way. I mean, you know, feel free to to let us know we we love the idea of giving this space for ourselves and our kids and we we hope that you find this valuable and if you haven't done quiet time that you give it a chance start small um but i think you know we firmly believe if you if you start this you, you give it a try that you'll really enjoy it and it'll be something that you'll stick with and i think your your kids in the long run will be happier that you did cuz it'll give them the time and space to explore the things that are meaningful to them too and and recharge their batteries and things. It's it's good for everyone to have a little yeah. bit of rest time. So it's siesta time, right? Yes. It's time for if we could just get it at work at about two o'clock in the afternoon when we're all getting droopy eyed. <laughs> that would I, be great. I, I agree with you. Yeah, no, I, I like it. You know, I think I think a lot of this is already, you know, a lot of people already understand this kind of implicitly when they're around kids a lot that, you know, having some downtime is a good thing. But I, I really like, you know, what you're saying is really schedule it in, make it a normal part of your homeschool life. I think you will see a lot of benefits incrementally over time and also incrementally towards, you know, a more dynamic experience for your learner, mm-hmm. having that ability to be bored and quiet and doing something that's focused, you know, having all those opportunities in that slot of time on a daily basis is a wonderful skill. It also allows them to be a little bit more independent and allow them to respect you as a person as well. I think all those all those things are so important. And I think they get neglected because, you know, the first thing to die on the hill is us. Right. You know, and, you know, as we, we, we sacrifice everything for, for them. Of you know, course. oh, I can't write tonight. Kids are crazy. You know, I can't read today. Kids are crazy. You know, oh, homeschool ran over. I, no quiet time. You know, I'll, I'll just go start making dinner. You know, you always sacrifice yourself and you always sacrifice that you know, things along the day. And I th- I really think these are one of the things that, you know, it's important as, as we have said to make that part of your normal routine. And I think the benefits are there. We just have to make, make sure it's something that's repeatable that we can do on a daily basis, even if it's small, like what you said, start small. I think start small is always the, the correct answer on everything, whether it's from investing to, or driving a motorcycle or dieting or anything, dieting start, or small. start small. But, <laughs> you know, I think I, I really agree with you, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes as a way to start, get it up to an hour, you know, for a six, six year old, an hour is just perfect. You know, sitting in, listening to an audio book, playing some Legos gives her enough recharge for the rest of the day. So we always like to end this the same way we always do is something that we're into. We're talking about codables, codable. The uh, iPad app for, mm-hmm. um, I think Apple and Android. Phone. Yeah, 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 I think so it's got iOS and, and Android. Well, we were introduced to this app through our parent partnership, 
um, one of the classes that our daughter is taking is uh, robotics. Mm-hmm. Uh, kindergartners, robotics, you know, always got to get started early. <laughs> well. She's loving it. It she's, is, she's is a it. kindergarten level robot encoding class. And this is one of the, it's an app and there's lots of great videos. It's got this little kind of fuzzy. Smeeborg, I think is. Smeeborg. Oh. Smeeborg. Oh, see, yeah, you've done it more than I have. Yeah. I mean, it's a little fuzzy guy and he's... Uh, He's the main little character, and it's it's basically a series of coding games. So, yeah. it, it there's a lot of really great tutorial videos that mm-hmm. talk to your kids about basic coding concepts, um, you know, conditional statements, and you know, yeah. just re- just really kind of the basics. And then there's these fun games where they basically have to pre code the route that he's going to take and then once they've coded it it's all you know touch screen so they're they're touching the different arrows to prepare how codable is going to move almost like doing a maze and then they hit go and they watch how that program executes when it's also cool is they can test it as well so Mm -hmm. one of the things with programming is coming up with an algorithm that you think solves the problem but you need to test along the way before you actually execute the code is a good thing to do. And so they're actually putting that into the problems, the way they're solving these problems. And what you're saying, it's a maze. There's other activities as well, a lot of critical thinking skills. I really like this this app. Um, it's something we got through our parent partnership, through mm-hmm. the um, the teacher. They get kind of like a, I don't know, an educator's uh, allotment of licenses. And so it's something that we were able to install you know, through an app, log in through our teacher, and then our learner's name was one of the uh, available kids. And then we, we just sign in every single time. And it's super sweet, super cute. Right. We, we've had her do it a half a dozen times now in the past few weeks. So you can get a free trial of Codable About or seven it's, days, it's yeah. $7 a month. So not, not too expensive. It looks like it's $60 for, for year. a year. So um, there's a number of different... Um, a number of different games, you know, you can, they can make mazes yeah. and, um, we just, we have only scratched the surface of what you can yeah. do with this app. But if, if you want to, if you, you have a young child that's, you know, kinder, first, second, third yeah. grade that you're thinking you would like to get into some coding, maybe check out the free trial of the app and see yeah. if this is something that they might like. It's been perfect for, you know, kindergarten. There's no reading really required in it. So, yeah. um, you know. And very intuitive too. My my learner, yeah. she did the first one or two. They showed her how to do it, you know, in the app. And then after that, she was off on the running on her own. So it was really cool to see how the app taught her how to use it. And then she then used it and it's just right it's so intuitive she has to dra- it's drag pretty in the, easy for her to figure out yeah to solve the maze she has to drag in the algorithm go to the right and then go down and then turn right and then turn go up then turn right and so she's building this algorithm and then she can test it obviously um but i i think from the thinking standpoint it's allowing her to be a little bit more um structured in her thinking and the, how she solves problems and attacks problems we actually the the robots class has the robot as well. That's yeah, part we'll, of it. We'll talk about the robot, yeah. I think, here soon on a, on another episode. Yeah, in another episode, we 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 got a deal on on one. <laughs> she doesn't know about it yet. It's uh, a Christmas gift. Yeah. Yes, she was a uh, she was saving up all her dog money for it, but the, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get into that. No, that's not. Uh, but anyway, we we like it. It's kind of interesting. It might be something worth trying out. You know, try the trial out. See if your learner likes it. I mean, it's pretty reasonable for a month. I I don't know the lifetime support thing was like $150. I don't know if that's something you want to pull the trigger on now. Yeah, I probably but wouldn't. It's, but it's definitely you know. something worth trying for a month, seeing if they like it, especially if you're 
If you're using an iPad or you're using some touch device as part of your learner's um, education and you're, you're creating you know, iPad time where they're playing games and activities and you want those games and activities to be educational and thoughtful, this is a decent little example, costs a few bucks, but you know, what's the cost? It's the cost of a notebook, cost of a yeah. cup of coffee at Starbucks. We really like to use the iPad. We do this and we have a couple other apps and yeah. we'll, we got to get some more experience with them before we talk about them and see what we think. But um, we use those as a great reward. So if she can yes. get her other work done, then she gets her screen time and it's really meaningful, um, meaningful time working on, on an app like this. So it's not just plants versus zombies. Yeah. She's not just playing games. Um, she really likes to fly around on Google maps too. So (laughs) Google maps is her favorite. She's learning that way too. But, um, but yeah, anyway, codable, it's a really, it's a really cool app. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out, but we've been enjoying it a lot. And I think our daughter has learned a lot of basics about, um, coding and logical structured thought. So, and, and, and I think they have some discounts for educators. So, if you're part of a co-op or if you're part of a parent partnership, talk with your 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 people. Uh, have your people talk to their people and see if it might be something that you guys can get, like a educator's license or something like that. It might be a little bit cheaper if Absolutely. you buy if you buy together. So, take a look at it, try it out, maybe suggest it for your co-op or maybe if you have a couple other kids that are, you know, interested in it, you guys might be able to go in together on it. So. Yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a great way to go. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!